0: everyone and welcome to this episode of Ocean Ocean Science Science Radio. Radio.
1: In past episodes we've covered remote ROVs, methods of testing ocean health, and innovative new monitoring practices. In this episode we talked to a group using an array of these tools to monitor the ocean around Bermuda and gather a very specific set of data.
0: Ocean Tech is one of the largest collaborative marine research projects, global education programs, and international media campaigns centered around this issue. The work they are doing is rather spectacular.
2: Hi, my name's Andrew Smith. I'm the Executive Director of Ocean Tech. Ocean Tech really is a a world first collaborative marine research project and the project really was inspired by a research project and subsequent television series called Ocean Vet that looked at the migratory behaviours of a number of of key species around Bermuda. what that project did is it revealed an awful lot about their long range movements and it posed then greater questions about what specifically is drawing these animals to specific environments and specific places around the Atlantic Ocean so really this project is is born from a desire to want to know more in more detail a desire to provide data to collect information which is is going to help us You know, manage the marine ecosystem, the marine resource in in many parts of the world more effectively.
0: For each of the species that Ocean Tech is focused on, they have an expert associated with that organism, creating a diverse team with a lot of experience.
3: I'm Dr. Gretchen Goodbody Gringley. I'm a coral reef ecologist at the Bermuda Institute of Ocean Sciences, and I study ecosystem function from shallow coral reefs to the mesophotic realm. Everything from benthic sessile organisms, such as corals, up to the top predators in the
0: ecosystem. When you factor in the regional experts, the technicians, the species specialists, and, well, everybody that works at Ocean Tech, it turns out it is a huge undertaking with a lot of team members.
3: Yeah, it's pretty big.
1: (laughs) So what is Ocean Tech trying to accomplish?
2: Our mission is really very simple. It is to assist local policy makers, local marine resource officers, by providing them with information and data that they don't have. And this data will help them manage their marine resource as best as they see fit. We are a platform utilising the very latest underwater technologies and bringing in the very best scientists from around the world, as well as using local scientists to really understand a marine ecosystem in such detail, in, in really in detail that perhaps has never been understood before this information will ultimately help them manage their marine resource as effectively and efficiently as possible if this leads to marine protected areas of any size or other effective area-based conservation measures then obviously that's a good thing i think anyone around the world would would welcome that The point of Ocean Tech is to provide the information to local authorities, which helps them make the decisions which may well help to protect the marine environment.
1: Marine protected areas are like parks, but in the ocean. These specially designated areas for conservation are found all over the world, protecting natural resources like specific species of fish, but also entire habitats.
3: I think that the importance of marine protected areas is really starting to come into the forefront, especially in terms of research science now. We've started to establish some of the world's largest marine protected areas, such as in the Chagos. The results of that are really showing that the spillover effect from fisheries, so allowing a fish population to recover from that impact will eventually aid the entire region. And so we feel that it's probably our best bet in terms of preserving biodiversity and uh, assisting ecosystem management. In particular, a lot of work is coming out saying that by managing local stressors, potentially um, ecosystems will be better able to deal with these global stressors that we can't necessarily control at this moment. And so by creating a marine protected area, you're really allowing these organisms to deal with the onslaught of impacts that are, are hitting them all at once. And so by mitigating you know, certain impacts, at least you're giving them a fighting chance.
1: The group is currently focusing their work on Bermuda for a number of
3: reasons. From a geographic standpoint, Bermuda is extremely exciting because it sits right in a crossroads of current so organisms that could be coming here could be coming from either direction, from the Arctic or down from the Southern Ocean. And because of our geography, we can really actually assess migratory patterns of these large organisms um, that can have an impact or be relatable to, across the Atlantic Basin.
2: Bermuda has managed its marine ecosystem as effectively as it can with the information that it has over the years. I think it's done a great job. And as soon as Bermuda identifies anywhere that is of critical habitat to a species, then the marine resources team and and policymakers protect that that area um, as quickly and as, as effectively as possible.
3: And also Bermuda has a long history of marine science. And particularly, we have one of the longest running time series data sets for oceanographic data, which is the Bermuda Atlantic Time Series, which has been run by BIOS for over 25 years. And so having that information, that long history of information, gives us you know, something to stand on and to really go forward with and use that as background information for any sort of um, hypotheses we come up with.
1: In order to really understand how to effectively implement a marine protected area in Bermuda, They're looking closely at how different species interact with the local environment and then how they migrate throughout the entire ocean.
3: One of the main objectives beyond getting the basic behavioral patterns and size information, that sort of thing, is that we will be taking genetic samples from every individual and looking at genetic connectivity across the Atlantic and trying to use that to understand migratory patterns of these organisms. I think that's a really key component to each one of our subjects. And then, particularly with the whales, we're interested in the biological pump. So, not only how the whales could be relying on Bermuda as a source of food or potentially a breeding ground, but how their use of this ecosystem may be feeding our productivity um, through feces, basically.
1: Is it really whale poop again?
3: (laughs) Yes, whale poop again. The waters here in Bermuda are extremely oligotrophic, right? They're uh, nutrient poor. So, potentially whale Um, migratory patterns could be an input of nutrients that could be driving the uh, the productivity of, of our fisheries.
0: To study the habitats and species involved, Ocean Tech is using everything from ROVs to drones to sensing networks and more. Here's Andrew Smith.
2: At the core of the project are A suite of vehicles called Remus built designed by the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution in the USA. What these vehicles are capable of doing if you can imagine is following a marine species under the water on their own. So no remote controls involved they just simply follow one of the species of which you have attached an unobtrusive transponder to. So if we tag a humpback whale the vehicle will follow a humpback whale for seven or eight hours at a predetermined standoff distance. On the front of these vehicles is a payload of 4K cameras. These film in 360 degrees. Underneath the vehicle is a payload of scientific sensors recording water temperature, flow rate, pH, salinity and so on. And then behind that is a side scan sonar system which is mapping the ocean floor. The unique part of this vehicle and what it can provide us is effectively a 5 or 6D view of exactly how a species uses its environment. And with the synchronization of the scientific data, the environmental data, as well as the bathymetric imagery from the sonar system, we can understand for the first time the exact environmental conditions that are conducive to any behavior of which we observe.
1: These AUVs, or autonomous underwater vehicles, follow whales, sharks, and other fast-moving species, allowing for researchers to observe the animals in their natural environment with as little impact as
0: possible. In addition to underwater robots, don't forget about the flying drones.
2: We have a fantastic aerial drone pilot who's also our ROV pilot in Bermuda called Johnny Singleton and they're just such an incredible tool that allows researchers and scientists to observe wildlife behaviour in in a really unique way, in a very inexpensive way and record what's going on or see what's going on over a huge expanse of the ocean very quickly. It allows us to be on point, on target, we can find the animals that we need to uh, locate and track uh, quickly and efficiently and, uh, and effectively. They are just just such a, a revolutionary tool in terms of understanding more um, and, and seeing what's going on um, in, in the marine environment, particularly with species like humpback whales, as they provide just such a unique, you know, bird's eye view of their behaviour. It's, it, it's a crucial part of the puzzle.
0: They are also going to be installing one of the largest acoustic arrays in the area to get a better overall view of the movement and behaviors of some of the smaller species in the area.
1: Through tagging smaller organisms and using this massive underwater array, the OceanTech researchers can track the movements of these smaller species without relying on AUVs. Installing this array requires a lot of time and money, but all of this investment in the local science isn't just disappearing when OceanTech moves on to their next location.
2: Legacy is an important part of the OceanTech project, and a very crucial part of that legacy is the Vemco Acoustic Array, which is you know, certainly the biggest which has ever been put in Bermuda. By gifting this huge array to Bermuda, they're able to utilise that technology long after we've left. It's a core part of the project, and that will happen at each location that we go to. So there's, there's a significant legacy that's left when OceanTech leaves the OceanTech
0: team has similar altruistic attitudes when it comes to the data they will be collecting.
3: Our goal is to publish all of our results in open-access scientific journals, and then following a moratorium for the first two years in which the data is only available to the specific researchers involved. After that two-year period, then the data will become publicly available and will be uploaded onto a public database and can be accessible by anyone.
2: The collaborative approach we have with regards to sharing data follows straight through onto our um, really significant education program, which is a huge part of the Ocean Tech project. So much so, we dedicate 50% of our time in the field to research and 50% of our time uh, committed to um, delivering on our education um, program, of which includes local summer camp experience programs for children in Bermuda. Um, and fundamentally, at the core of the education program is, is a whole bunch of curriculum-linked content and video which is going to be generated from our discoveries and pumped through our educational network.
1: In addition, the Ocean Tech team will be working with sea life centers around the world to display the data and video they collect in interactive displays. As
2: one of the world's largest aquarium networks, these displays have the potential to reach around 10 million people a year. In 2018, we're gonna have ocean tech exhibits launching in 15 cities in seven countries around the world. You know, Each of these exhibits is gonna have a replica Remus 100. Um, and this is where children and adults alike are gonna be able to come in, look at the vehicle, understand what its capabilities are, understand what it is that we've discovered, what it is that we found out. Um, each exhibit will probably follow the life history of, of each of the species which we study on mission one in Bermuda um, and detail what it is that we've discovered But ultimately, it will provide them with the opportunity for them to experience the 360 degree virtual reality content of which we're we're creating, of which is completely unique to the project. You will enter these exhibits around the world, put on your 360 VR headsets, and you will become the Remus 100 following these sharks and whales and different species as they move around the ecosystem. It really is a huge opportunity to tell the world what's going on under the ocean.
0: And the project is endorsed by a veritable Rolodex of international organizations, including Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution, IUCN, World Commission on Protected Areas, the Sargasso Sea Commission, NOAA's Marine Mammal Sanctuaries, Nat Geo, Virgins, Oceans Unite, and many, many, many more.
1: The Ocean Tech team will be taking their work to other areas around the world after the studies are concluded in Bermuda to continue their work providing the valuable data required that helps authorities manage and protect the marine environment. But they aren't just trying to deliver data.
3: The strongest thing that can change someone's mind is really a visual reference. And that's one of the things that the, we're going to get from this project is the remus that's following these animals has this series of 4k cameras on its nose and on the tail and in addition to that we're going to have videographers in the water and showing that imagery of these iconic organisms interacting with their environment interacting with each other interacting with us as divers is something that really tugs at the heartstrings and we're hoping can convey a message to people that there is something of importance here that they should protect and that they need to care about, not just in terms of the scientific data, because obviously, you know, that is my key component, but the lay person, the average 17-year-old sitting at home watching TV is not going to pick up a, a scientific journal and read my paper on whale poop and how that's fueling the biological pump, but they may see that imagery of the whale on TV and a attaching a suction cup and following the whale with the remus and get really excited about that whale poop.
0: I know that we will be keeping a close eye on the work that Ocean Tech is doing and the data they continue to collect.
1: And you can too. You can find them on Twitter and Facebook at Ocean Tech Global.
0: Be sure and join us next time for an all-new Ocean, Ocean Science, Science Radio. Radio. Whale
1: poop. Second episode about whale Whale poop.
0: poop. Whale poop.
1: I'm just going to keep saying whale poop. Whale Whale poop. poop, whale poop, whale poop.
0: I really hope that whale poop is something that doesn't stop being funny or interesting the more that we keep talking about it.
1: I feel like there's a joke here to be made about whale of a tail and whale poop, but I can't get there right now.